Welcome to the No Budget Indie Filmcast, where we dip into the independent film universe to highlight those little films that you might not have heard about elsewhere. Will you agree with our panel? Or will our panel agree with each other? Tune in to find out. I am Milo Dennison, and with me, as always, is Claire Milan. Hello. And Carl Feeney. Hello. Okay, if you're watching us on YouTube, you might notice that we've all got John Hughes-themed images behind us. That is because we watched a film called Don't You Forget About Me. It's a documentary about John Hughes. It's made Although by- I thought it was actually about John Hume. John Hume. Know, so John Hume is a, Northern, a guy in Northern Ireland very involved in the peace process. So when Milo sent it to me, I thought it was a thing about Northern Ireland. <laughs> and so she didn't want to watch it then. Yeah. So it's John Hughes. Sorry. John so Hume. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Just to clear up any confusion that wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. For no, no one, I'm sure nobody watching is like, oh, yeah, yeah. John Hume. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> um, anyway, so this is a documentary by a group of film students. Basically, they started making a documentary about John Hughes and how much they love him and all this kind of stuff. And in the process, did quite a few interviews. They've interviewed people like um, Kevin Smith. They interviewed Judd Nelson, Kelly LeBrock, a lot of people that were involved in making John Hughes films or people that just have uh, a real affinity for his movies. And in the process of all this, they're like, well, we, sh we really should talk to the John Hughes himself. This was made in 2000 and I think between like 2006 and 2008 or something like that it was made over a couple of years uh, prior to John Hughes's death. And so anyway, at this time, this is when John had retired from filmmaking and basically didn't do interviews anymore, but they're like, okay, let's do a road trip to his house from Canada where they lived and actually go see if we can knock on his door and just tell him how much we love him, maybe get an interview with him, whatever. So it's that story, but mostly it's a story of people just telling what John Hughes films have meant to them and what they got out of them and what they appreciate about them and what, what, and with the actors, what it was like being involved in one of his films. Uh, so that's, that's kind of it. It's a, it's a John Hughes love story documentary. Do you know what's mad, right? I didn't know who John Hughes was. How this can crazy, you be right? filmmaking and not know who I, John Hughes um, is? I'm so silly. His name Turn is in around, but your I've card seen... now. <laughs> I know. I'm just, I'm, I'm so, I think there's a lot of people like me out there who these films, they're like a comfort, like planes, trains, automobiles. I watched that really recently. Again, I laughed out loud from start to finish. I never, like, I don't do that nowadays. Do you know what I mean? And Home Alone, um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Breakfast Club, all these films. I, I describe them as like, you know, those films are kind of comfort films. We can watch them a hundred times and you just know, you'll just get this nostalgia, this this kind of like hot chocolate, you know, <laughs> cocoa feeling, you know, blankets by the fire. It's just, they're just classic films. I don't know how he was able to be so productive. They mentioned this in, in the, the documentary. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed documentary. It's like something like we, we would do, you know, <laughs> it's like we, us film buddies, um, like we find a filmmaker we love and probably <laughs> try to <laughs> find where he lives. And you could tell like they're, they're just, their love, their love for this guy and how much they appreciate his films and how much of a, a mark he made and he seems to be a bit of a recluse John Hughes I couldn't really find him 
So uh, I won't spoil it, don't worry. But uh, And he passed away suddenly from a heart attack. Um, he was in New York. Um, and a lot of his films are based around Chicago. And um, I see one of the, the scenes in one, I think, I'm not sure what film it is, but they're, they're in the really high building in Chicago. And I was there two years ago. I was actually standing in that really high building, oh, <laughs> looking down. Fun. It was just brilliant. Um, and even Home Alone, like I just could watch that film a million times. Uh, he's just brilliant. And just seeing these, the enthusiasm, the love for this filmmaker. And in, in, one, in parts, though, I was a bit cringing. I was like, oh, he obviously doesn't want to be found, John Hughes. Do you know? And there's one part where the girl goes into his house and like they're kind of, what, there's only one girl and other guys. <laughs> and one guy's on crutches and they're kind of, she's the fall person to go into the house mm-hmm. and drop a letter off. So I just thought, oh, it's, you know, you could feel the cringe a little bit in that area. Because <laughs> well, she's feeling it too. <laughs> yeah. And you feel because she seems like the only sane one out of the three of them, like yeah. or the four of them. The rest are just like, let's mob his house. And she's like, yeah. don't act like lunatics if you want to actually possibly meet exactly. this guy. So, like I'd yeah. be her. Do you know what I mean? Like Carl would probably be the guy in the crutches. He was the worst of them. Yeah, yeah he I was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wave him. Oh, um, and I was like, please leave John Hughes to peace. I know he's passed away now, but when they were trying to find him, just yeah. like, oh, I hope they don't find him because I just uh, anyway. That's you know, you know. Yeah, well, I was a bit like you, Terry. You know, when, uh, John Hughes, I know, I had no idea, and then when I started watching it, and maybe at the deep recesses of my mind, I was going, oh, that John Hughes, but I couldn't be sure. Uh, I'm sure I heard his name at some stage. As it turns out, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is the only John Hughes film I've seen. I've heard seen of, this one. No. How can we do a movie oh, sorry, I've seen Home podcast Alone. When, with you yeah. two? Oh, oh my God, goodness. Carl, you have to sit down and watch Planes, Trains, Automobiles this weekend. And Breakfast oh, Club. Do. And The Breakfast Club. Yeah. And okay. like, it's just, you will absolutely, like, well, this one anyway, you laugh, laugh out loud. You love it, you know. Okay, well. I, I'll, I'll put that on my to-watch list. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, as a documentary, since, since we're talking about the documentary, uh, I, I, th- I think it sort of, it, it, it sort of meet, met the litmus test of a good documentary in that if you didn't know much about the topic or the subject, it would keep you interested. And this did, because uh, the way they sort of intercut the interviews with their road trip, and there were interesting people they interviewed, uh, people who had, as Mara said, people who had worked with him, people who knew him, that, that film critic, uh, Roger Ebert, I think. Um, and you could see the affection that they had for him and uh, the love for, for him and the appreciation of his genius, I suppose, you know, the way he was able to sort of channel the the teenager uh, angst and and voice of that time. So uh, yeah, it was a very good. Um, yeah, I, I, as 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 for the kind of the their their end goal or the, the the whole motivation for doing it, um, I as you said, I think the girl was the only real sane one. You know, when they got to when they got to that point, and uh, the guy with the curly hair on the coach is like. At the beginning, I go, he, he kind of looks sort of cool, you know, what he's doing with them, and then he turned out to be the nerdiest of a lot of them, you know. <laughs> Uh, I said, no, that makes that makes sense now, but uh, yeah, overall, I, I thought it was good and it was it was well worth uh, the hour or so uh, of watching it. Yeah, what's interesting about this film 
is they made it before he passed away and they couldn't find distribution for it. And it wasn't until John Hughes passed away that they actually got a distrib- distribution for this documentary. So it's kind of sad that like it took him dying in order for them to be able to actually sell this film. What year like was it made? Good artist, you know? of course. Yeah. Yeah. Was it 2006? It was made in under. Yeah, it might be right. Yeah, it was, like it was yeah. made a couple of years before it was. It was over yeah. two year process, um, and it was made before he died. Yeah. And also, what was good about it was this sort of the the intrigue about it that there was there was an end goal, mm-hmm. uh, and you wanted to know you wanted you stayed with it. You know, what will they? Will they won't they you know, so that that added an extra sort of air of uh you know what was um really sad he got ripped to shreds by the critics in Hollywood, even though his films were absolutely beloved. Mm. And um, he said um he, he I don't know, he was he wrote Ferris Bueller Day after the first 50 pages when he's working on something else and he wrote them overnight or something. But but then the fact that it shows these critics to rip him to shreds, and you can know, even like even even though he's got his films made, it must have been heartbreaking for him. Do you know the way? I'd say he was maybe hypercritical, and that's why he kind of maybe moved away from Hollywood and back to Chicago. Maybe. Be uh, th- I mean, I was talking to somebody about this the other day, and he made a pretty good point that, I mean, he made eight films that he wrote and directed and then wrote all those other ones and produced and stuff like that. So he made plenty of money. And with that much output, you know, you're just working constantly and he had children and stuff like that. So the theory that this other guy said, which I kind of agree with, is that he probably just got to a point to where he's like, you know what? I don't need the money. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want the stress. I want to spend some time with my family, you know, and uh, and it kind of makes sense. Like, that's not a bad way to go out. He, He went out on the top of his game. The fact that they've got these students that want to meet him and talk to him and want him to make films. Like, like when you watch this documentary, so many people were like, John Hughes, make us another film. Come on, man, make us another film. Mm. Like he left at the top of his game. What, 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 not a great way to go, you know? Well, but everything, fact- everything is just a, a theory really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's impossible to know because he did, he did become such a recluse. And he, even, even the people that they interviewed, some of the actors, who had had no contact with him. I mean, that, yeah. that, seemed, that seemed really strange. You know, you could sort of give up working and say, okay, I've had enough of this, but you, you think you'd still stay in contact with people. Well, do you know what maybe happened? He produced such brilliant films, he might have burnt out. Because sometimes that happens to people. If they do such brilliant work, sometimes they put everything into it. They just want to close that chapter in their life. And he's made his films and he, he probably could have burnt out maybe because it would have taken a huge amount of energy to make these genius films, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's like, it's crazy to think. I, I didn't, I'm just shocked. Like he made all these absolute classics that you could watch a hundred times over. I've, ne- I've never really seen that. I showed a director. Ever. You know, yeah. Like what, what they could do is interview his children. Maybe they have an insight. Yeah. Mm. There you they go. have a few children idea. in the documentary or a few younger, younger people in there. Pardon? They had a few younger people in the, in the documentary. Oh, but I mean, his own children. Oh, his children. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I could have tried to get an interview with his yeah. children to talk about him, but because I think one of the children's in the music business, oh. I, I could be wrong on this. So I, I don't know fully what they do, but I think he had two children and I'm, I think one of them is somehow involved in the entertainment business, but I could be completely wrong on that. 
Yeah, it, it, it was a good. It was a good idea though, for a for a film, and they and they did it well. You know, they, they could have. Yeah, especially because they're students. I mean, they couldn't have had a ton of money to spend on no. this film. So props for being new filmmakers and getting the interviews with the people they got interviews with. I mean, that's some yes. quality. I mean, I, I do wonder. I don't know. Was it clear in the film? How clear it was in the film? But did they, did they, how did they get access to those people? Did they just rock up and say, hey, you know, we're a bunch of amateur filmmakers who want to talk about this guy? Or did it, is it out of sequence somehow? Yeah. That, I it added in after the fact. Mm-hmm. Good question. So yeah. they filmed most of it. He passed away. They yeah. used that in order to get oh, some more yeah. film people in there. That's interesting, actually. Be. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, my theory is just somebody in that group is really good at getting in touch with celebrities yes. and uh, was able to get the interviews. That's my theory. Because some yeah. of these celebrities, all you have to do is ask their agents. Sometimes. They're very, very willing. Do you know, some of them are very willing to just... Because they're people. <laughs> yeah, so you know, I, yeah. Maybe maybe they were the first people to ever do it. To think about it, yeah. like, let's let's make a documentary about John Hughes, and from from the point of view of uh, fans, you know, young young people, yeah. not just some sort of documentary crew from a a big corporation. Uh, actually, actually, I, I I listened to an interview with uh, David Putnam on the radio there during the week. Mm-hmm. And he's he's getting Irish citizenship now. He lives down in Cork. Okay. He's like sort of a patron of the Bastner Film Festival. But he he talked about when he was younger, himself and his friend. They made a few films, and you know, they weren't usually successful at the time. And uh, they the, the rights for this book came up by Albert Speer, and he he was uh, he was a uh, uh, sort of an architect who worked with the Nazis, like. He was Hitler's favorite architect, and he was he was imprisoned after the war in in Spandau, and uh, he got out anyway. And they went to in, they went to pitch their idea for the book that he had written to make it into a film. And he in the end he he agreed that they could do it because he said it's a film that needs to be made by young people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's similar here, like that. As young people, they uh, they got the access that other people might have. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, maybe just their enthusiasm and the fact their youth worked for them. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Well, let's rate it then. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. If I want, I don't know. Ladies first, if you want, Claire. I don't mind. Oh, go on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, as a documentary, uh, I, th- I thought it was good. Uh, as I said, it's sort of, you know, it didn't flag at all during the course of the hour or so. Uh, and I sort of knew a little bit about him, but I, I feel as if I know more about him now and I'm, I'm more interested in seeing some of more of his back catalogue. So I would give it four stars. Yeah. And for me, luckily, it wasn't John. Well, luckily, it wasn't. It was fun to watch. It wasn't about Northern Ireland. Right? <laughs> Sorry, I love Northern Ireland. I love history. But I just, you know, it was just great to see a film about John Hughes. And I didn't realise all these amazing films I'd known were part of John, like John Hughes made them. Uh, I, yeah, it was a really interesting documentary. The enthusiasm came across really well. And I have a whole list of films I have to check out now. I made a list of them, including 16 Candles, which looks really good. And The Breakfast Club, which I haven't checked out yet. Um, so for me, I'll give it four stars. 
All right. Uh, I don't like the fact that this is now two reviews in a row where we're going with the same rating. Uh, I prefer it when we disagree, but I guess it's a good thing that we do agree because that means we all like stuff that is good. And in this case, I'm going four stars as well with this for similar reasons as you guys. Uh, I am a John Hughes fan. I've seen I've seen every film he's directed and uh, quite a few films that he's written and uh, I'm just a fan of his stuff. So four stars. Well, no budget film cast audience. Let us know what you think of Don't You Forget About Me. You can reach out to us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at No Budget Show or leave a comment in the notes. And with that, we'll say see you next time and goodbye. Bye. I like how we spent most of that time talking about John Hughes versus the documentary about John Hughes. I need my background for nothing to do with the documentary. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's the enthusiasm, though. It's the enthusiasm they gave us to look into things.